0: Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. Many of you know Arlene, and this is what she said. She said that Samson was bound in chains, and he called upon the Spirit of God to come upon him, and the Spirit of God came upon him mightily, and his chains were broken. And she said that today, she believed chains were going to be broken in this room. Emotional chains and, and mental chains and relational chains and physical chains. You know, our God can handle it all. You know, he's big enough to do it all, right? Right? Amen. Amen. So this morning, I just love that. Do you just love this picture as much as I do? Oh my gosh, I just want to feast my eyes upon it. Love it. I love it. And it is such an amazing hour that we're living in as the women of God. Women of God. Have you heard about the amazing move of God in Iran? There is an amazing... I could read you the stats, but... Uh, you know, to get all to my papers, I get so confused with my papers, so I'm just going to tell you. Oh, the mic is driving you crazy too, right? Okay. Sorry. Driving me crazy? Oh. Is that good? It was like poking you in the eye. Oh, oh is that what it was? <laughs> that wasn't an angel? That was the thing? Oh. Oh. Disappointing. Uh. Wow. So so really there's an amazing move of God in Iran. Imagine. But the thing that I want to tell us this morning is do you know who's spearheading this move of God? The women. Yeah. The women. They said the women are leading and the women are they're laying down their lives. They are laying down their lives, and they are discipling women, are discipling women. It's a move. You're going to hear about it. Look it up. It's just amazing. They can't stop it. I remember back some years ago, uh, any of you remember... Um, Paul Youngi Cho back in out in South South Korea, and I remember. Now here's another culture where women really—that's really kind of frowned on, you know. Uh, women don't have that any kind of leadership role like that. And uh, don't you just love when God just decides He's going to do what He wants to do, and He's not interested in anybody's rules? I just love it. I just love it. And and Paul Youngi Cho back in South Korea did the same thing. There was just a massive wave. Do you know how full of Christians South Korea is? What an amazing country. We have so many brothers and sisters in South Korea. We've got so many brothers and sisters in Africa. We've got so many brothers and sisters in Central and South America. Oh, ladies, uh, God is on the move. He is on the move. And one of the things that I'm just gonna tell you right at the top, right to start off, this has been something that's been in the heart of a few of us for, for a long time. I don't know about you, but I—I I mean, I, I, the fact that you're here tells me something about you. I mean, I think it's time that we ladies started to stand up ourselves and join together. I wanna to see women raise up on Long Island again. I wanna see women start to come together this may be a small group, but how about this starts the seeds that we that gets planted all over Long Island, and there'll be ladies' meetings all over, because even as we heard this morning from, from Jen, I mean, we know that the hour we're living in, I mean, I know you, I, even if I don't know you, I know you. I know that you walked in here this morning, and there's things going on in your life like mine, that there's no other answer except God. Amen. There's no other answer. Amen. You're out of control. There's no, you've done everything you can do about it. Uh, come on now, you, am I talking to the right group? You've done it all. You've tried everything, you've manipulated, you' tried to control, you scolded, you yelled, you prayed you and nothing. And I want to tell you, God is getting us right where He wants us.) And one of the articles, when I was reading about the women in Iran, it said, these women, you know, many of them, it said, come from abused situations. These are women that have great needs. I mean, we know what women are regarded as in, in this climate, right? In that culture. And so, you know what? God's letting us feel need in a different way in America. God's letting us feel our need for Him, I believe. In my, I don't know about you, but I've walked with Him for almost, I don't know, Mary, how long have I known? 50 years? We came around the same time. I don't have to ask her how, I don't know. I don't know my own age most of the time. So, uh, so I, we. I'm feeling the sense of how God is drawing us and looking, looking for a response in us at this hour. You know, some of you have a little Bible history, and I'm not going to go into detail about it, but some of you will remember, some of you will remember that when the children of Israel in the Old Testament, they, um, you know, they had the the tabernacle and they had the outer court where they sacrificed their animals and it was noisy and loud and the daylight was there. And then there was a the holy place where they had furniture and the, they, had the, they had the candles lit and they had the showbread on the table. And then as you, got, as you started to leave the holy place, there was a table of incense where the fragrance would go up all day and all night up to the, up to the Lord. And then you would step into the holy of holies where there was one piece of furniture. And that was the Ark of the Covenant. And that Ark was where God said, I will be with you. I will be present. That is my presence in that Ark. So think about it. Think about when the the children of Israel and the tribes all gathered together and they gathered around the temple, the core of those people was that Ark. That was the heart of the people. That was, that was who they were. That was their identity. That was Jehovah being with the people, being among them, which is all he's ever wanted to do from the first, from Genesis, that he would have bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, that he would dwell with the people And suddenly, when the children of Israel now go into the promised land, they go in and they they did something foolish. They didn't consult God, and they went to battle, and they were in big trouble, remember? And they lost the Ark of the Covenant. Imagine that. It was stolen. The Ark, the presence of God. We could spend time there. I mean... They all came down with tumors. Anybody that even touched that thing because it was, it was, was the the ark could take care of itself, I guess. But I want you to know this. I want you to know this. That the people of God, the, the Israeli people, continued in their temple cutting animal sacrifices, doing their stuff, doing their sacrifices. The priests would go in and light the candles. They'd have the table of showbread. And they'd go through all their routine. And they'd go through all their routine. And they'd go through all their routine. And all their routine, routine. But there was no ark. The presence of God wasn't there anymore. So they were just going through their religious rituals. And It was empty. And it was fruitless. I think that that's Western Christianity today. I think that though we're going through a lot of our routines and doing a lot of our, uh, doing the things that we know to do, the religious things, the good things, then in a lot of ways we just don't know that the ark isn't there anymore. Personally, and do you know what happens? It leads to a very dull spiritual experience. It leads to a spiritual experience where you don't even really want to admit to yourself that you've gotten pretty bored with it all and that God seems awfully distant. And that you remember the days. Am I talking to the right guy? I'm just curious. And you remember the days when it wasn't like that. Well, I think that God wants to talk to us this morning. I, ex- I think he wants to encourage us this morning. I think he wants to shatter all, shatter all of our mindsets and all of the things that the devil is trying to tell you and me because we are in a warfare, and the problem is we're talking about warfare, but you and I don't think it's warfare. We think it's us. So you think you're the only one, so you think you're depressed because you're depressed, because you got a list of reasons why you could be depressed, right? Well, let's see. Why, Why wouldn't I be depressed, actually? Right? So we think it's us, and we feel I mean, I have to tell you that one of the things that, that when I minister at minister it all, it's kind of like par for the course for me. I kind of am aware of the atmosphere of the people I'm going to talk to at least 24 hours before I get up to my feet. And all I can say is, wow. We got some ladies in here carrying some very heavy burdens. We've got a lot of women in here that feel very distant from him. Women in here that feel like, you don't really know. I couldn't even tell anybody. I've gone, he's tired of me. I think, I don't even know if he knows my name. I mean, we sing all these songs. Oh my gosh, those songs, Megan, were just amazing. They're so biblically accurate. Not only are they biblically accurate, I don't don't even want to use those terms. They are his heart. They are his heart. You see, would we... One of the things we want to talk about this morning is... You see, we don't really believe, for the most part, that we move his heart. We kind of like have a picture of God. He's, you know, well, he's okay. He's on his throne. I know I believe him. I know he's there. He's real. But somehow or other, you know... You know, I, I know he... I think he knows me. We kind of feel like I know he... We have a relationship. But what we don't really know and what we don't really get and which we've got to get in the hour that we're living in, we have got to get the fact that we were made in his image. And if there's one thing about God, he is emotional. And he I want to tell you that God at the root of who he is he is a lover. He is a lover. And so even though we may you know we feel the warfare and and if there's anything the enemy wants to do he wants to cut you off from God. He wants to cut you off or make you feel that you and this, forget it. He's on another planet and all you can sit down and think about is, well, I must have done something. I must have done something. But I believe that the hour that we're living in, it is essential. I don't think it's a good thing that that, uh, that I have a revelation of the fact that he knows me, and loves me, and delights in me, I don't think it's a good thing that we have that revelation. I think it is the most important thing. And without a true revelation and understanding, really a personal revelation, that I can move his heart. Because you know, if there's one thing about God being a lover if you want to say God has one need I would say this is the need he has God has a need to love God has a need to love he can't not love do we understand he can't not love and if he has a need to love do you know how vulnerable you are to people that you love how about you mothers Grandmothers, how vulnerable are we to people that we love? I mean, my kids, my grandkids. It's embarrassing how vulnerable I am to them. It's embarrassing. That's all I can say. I mean, they had, something goes on in their lives. Come on, and it's like, oh, it hits you in the gut, right? I mean, you'd do anything. Is there anything you wouldn't do when they're hurting? When they're in need, I mean, you are so, I mean, you know, like the grandkids, like all the rest of you mothers, close your ears. I'm just talking to grandmothers right now. <laughs> it's embarrassing when I give these grandkids. They could just come in and say, you know, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, do you need money for lunch, honey? Do you need gas? Lukey, do you need gas? Oh, you know, I mean, it's really embarrassing. And then, you know, my kids will go, yeah, that's just the way you are with us, too. I didn't like you as much though I didn't like them as much you the grandmas are laughing because you know it's the truth yeah whatever the truth of the matter is the truth of the matter is you are so vulnerable when you love someone you have such power over when they have such power over you Do you understand that that's the power you have over him? No, you don't. You just yesed me. (laughs) You. 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 Have power to move the heart of God. He knows you. He knows that thing that's top of your list this morning when you walked in here and you said, God, I don't know if I can take another step. God, I'm. This relationship is driving me crazy. God, I feel so far from you. I'm so. I haven't sat down and given you enough time, and I can't remember. And I feel so guilty about it. God knows exactly where you are this morning, and He's called us here together this morning to touch us this morning and to free us this morning, and to. Absolutely, battle all of the crazy thoughts and mindset the devil is bombarding you and I with day and night. I remember I told—I think I told some of you this a while ago. It was, it was a while ago, and I—I I remember I was having a real battle in my mind in a relationship, and I kept—and—and and the battle was just you know. Pressuring me, and I was, I, attempt, I was tempted to be angry and uh, over the line being tempted anymore. I was angry, and that was a nice spiritual way to spiritualize that. Uh, I was ripped basically. Um, and, and I, I remember um, I kept doing what we do you know, I took my stand. I forgive, I bless, I forgive, I bless. I forgive and I did this and I did this. Ad nauseum. I did this and you know, you don't know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if what you're doing isn't freeing you, you're missing it. Go back to God and find out, then then something's wrong. You should be able you should take the stand and you should say I, I repent i 'm not having this, and if you make your stand, it has to go, and if it doesn 't, you need to say, well what well, well, then i 'm missing i 'm not seeing this correctly. so all, you know, so, so I, went through, I went through this for twenty four hours or so, and then I went, I went to the Lord and I, and I was asking him, lord what 's the deal? How come i 'm not free of this? I should be free of this you know we 're all much too passive we 're all sitting down under things, we just let we just let the devil pile on us, we just pile on us, and then all of a sudden saying all of a sudden out of the depths of my spirit just rose up this in the name of Jesus uh, the anxiety go from my stomach go right now cuz we came with anxiety about about the whole my my whole situation with this relationship i was so flabbergasted because in 5 minutes i was free We walk around with things that the devil is laying on us and putting on us, and we think it's all us, don't we? Oh, I need to this, and and I think, oh, I'm depressed, and oh, I'm just so anxious, and so follow me. So follow me. Um, So some of you remember Isaiah; he was a great, one of the great prophets. So Isaiah, he was like a historian prophet, grew up in a privileged family, and uh, he knew politics in the kingdom. He was, you know, he was, he was in, the, in a circle, and Isaiah looked up to King Uzziah. I mean, King Uzziah was like a wonderful king for, I don't know, 50, 60 years, maybe more. A wonderful king. But then suddenly, it went to King Uzziah's head, And suddenly he went into the temple one day and took the role of the priest and started to offer priestly sacrifices. And what happened to that man when he walked out of that temple? He was covered with leprosy. And it demolished Isaiah. This was like his idol. Isaiah was so taken back, so grieved by it. And then we see in the book of Isaiah, and it says, This wonderful thing, it says this amazing verse in the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So Isaiah got a picture, he got a revelation, he had a vision. Of a throne that's above every throne. It wasn't Uzziah he needed. It wasn't the king's throne. That, not that king. He saw the throne that was above every throne. Where the sea of glass was. Where the living creatures were day and night singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God. He saw the king high and lifted up. But what Isaiah didn't know was that even before he had that vision, there was a day in eternity, eternity past when the Trinity met together in a council and they said, we, we want them, we love them. Who will I send? And the Lord Jesus said, send me, send me. I'll go. Long before Isaiah answered that call, the Lord Jesus answered that call. And so we see, we see a thousand years after Isaiah, we see the Lord Jesus, the King of all kings, but he was the secret King this time. And he came to the earth, and the trees and the ground must have marveled. Oh my gosh, is that him? Is that him? And but only. Only a small group of people had a revelation that this was him. This was the king. But he was in disguise. Oh, but the kingdom was being manifested. People were being healed and raised from the dead. And people were being set free. And and the king was wa- walked on the earth. He walked on the earth. And then... They put him to death. They put him to death. You know the story. And then the church grew. And what was their message? Caesar isn't the king. I won't bow to Caesar. That may happen to us in America one of these days soon, ladies. I won't bow to Caesar. Jesus is my king. And so the words spread and everywhere, that was their power. There's a king that's above Caesar. There's a king that's above Caesar. They had a revelation. As God started, like it's going on in Iran, the fire started to fall. And one after another, their eyes were opened in revelation that this Jesus was the Messiah and he was the king of all kings and now he left the earth and he took his seat again and he ascended right to the right hand of God and the king sat down again and he passed us the torch and he passed us the torch and as I said the early church knew he was the king they had a revelation ladies I believe that at this hour it 's absolutely going to be absolutely necessary that you and I have that same revelation that he is the king, that there is no- everything is underneath every government, every uh, kingdom, there is nothing higher than the throne that's in heaven, that's absolutely, that knows you, that you have power at, you have power at that throne, that throne, your your bid to come, 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 we hear, come to the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy in time of need. I don't want to go off on a rabbit trail, but mercy, that mercy is covenantal Mercy covenantal mercy it's the kind of mercy and we spent some a few weeks here talking very briefly about what a covenant is and we if we understood the covenant that god swore he jesus took the place of god and he took the place of man and and took a covenant sh- shed his blood, raised his arms in covenant like you would do and and let the blood pour down. And he was on that cross letting that blood pour down and he had blood all over his feet just like they would when they cut an animal and you'd stand in a pool of blood. And there he was on the cross holding up his hands in covenant saying, I swear, I swear, I will be for you. I swear, I will never leave you. I swear my promises are for you. God knows we need a revelation of the covenant. You are so secure in God. You're trying to get in. You think you got to do, you think you've got to do something, perform better, if I just behave better, then it'll be. Listen, stop that. That's backwards. You first have to find out what your real identity is in Christ. Find out it's already done and stop trying to do it. It's already right. Listen. You're in Christ. If you came, Jesus is your Lord. You are in Christ. Where the heck do you want to be? You are, well, where do you th- well, how much higher do you think you're going to go? And we're trying to get in, and God's trying to say, you're already in. You're in the highest seat of the universe. Where, Girl, what are you thinking, Linda? What are you thinking? You're already there. I did it. I did it. Well, there's some revelations that we need, ladies. And there's some revelations that we need that I believe. Remember, I said the ark. I said that they were worshiping. They didn't have the ark. And they were going through all their motions. Because you see, let me kind of try to describe what Christianity is like in our personal lives without the ark. You see, we're made in his image spirit, soul, and body. You heard me describe the tabernacle. Your body's the outer court. Your soul is the holy place. And your spirit is the holy of holies. What was in the holy of holies? The ark with what? Presence of God. Do you know that your spirit beholds his face? You see, we have a Christianity, in my opinion, today in America, personally, and as his people in Western, Western civilization. You see, it's kind of like this. I'm sitting down. And see, if you're living a Christian life and it's all in your soul and your body, and you have no understanding that the true Christian life is a matter of the indwelling Jesus Christ inside you, and that we are to learn how to be people that are led by his spirit, that know how to wait on his spirit. I don't mean just sitting down in a chair. I mean you live a life that's waiting for the spirits. So, watch what happens. When you're not, when you're living carnal Christianity, when you're living in, in this place, and, and, and you know how you can tell? You know how you can tell? You can tell because you're dull. <laughs> I, I, I tried to think of a better word. <laughs> and, and I wanted to start by saying this we all have moments of this. There's nobody who's all there and all here, OK? Guess how I know all this stuff? Yeah. You know it. You, your life is dull. I, I just want us to know we we're never supposed to live like that. We're never supposed to live like that. We're supposed to live in the knowledge of God, the knowledge that I am so deeply loved. The knowledge that he enjoys me and that I hear his voice, and that we do life together. But the devil wants to do one thing. You see, back in the days when they had the wells, their lives depended on digging those wells where the water came, their whole lives depended on that, right? The devil would just come and throw dirt on the well, and they couldn't get the water anymore. That's what the devil's doing to you and me. He just keeps throwing sand in your well. And sand in your well, and sand in your well, and your spirit is clogged, and your spirit, you're no longer, you're not touching. But because we're not understanding it, see what happens, now we're here like this, and all of the direction of my life comes from out here. And you know what's out here? The world. The world's values. The world's cues. Oh. Oh really? Is that what she said? Huh? Oh, really? Um, Yeah, what's the latest fashion I should be wearing and what's the latest TV show I should be into? And you get, you're taking all your cues from the world. You see, we're never supposed to be outside people. Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come on people for a period of time and for a mission and then leave. Some people Moses and, and David, I believe, were exceptional. But, but New Testament, we're New Testament people. You know what that means? That means God has come to make his home in me and in you. And we are no longer to be outside people. We are people of inside information. We're supposed to be... See, when, I get my, when, I, when, my, when I'm aware of being led by the Spirit of God... Now, in my spirit, I'm beholding him. And now, I get wisdom. Uh, He talks to me. He gives me cues. He speaks to me. He comforts me. So, if your your chair is the wrong way, baby, you're dull. (laughs) Baby, you're dull. Because you're not getting that you're not getting that, that life from your life. Life comes from the spirit, ladies. Yes. Life comes from the spirit, ladies. Yes. And I'm afraid, I'm tired of looking at all the books in our Christian bookstores that it's all about our soul and getting, listen, I'm a counselor. I'm all for getting my, my heal, healing my soul and healing other people's souls. But you only get your soul healed so that it can be a good servant of the master which it lives in my spirit. <clears throat> Listen to this prayer. Lord, lift me above the constant, unrelenting demands of this never-satisfied child that is my soul. Hush, be still, my soul, for the soul is indeed like a child who can never be satisfied, who will do anything for attention, endlessly craving only empty things, when I allow it to engage me in its tantrums through scoldings and beratings, I only succeed in escalating its fears. It's only when I, like any good mother, learn to speak to it softly and firmly, that the poor thing can find any comfort. Did that go over your head? Or do you understand what they're saying? Your soul is like a little child, demanding, tr- leading the parade, telling you what you're telling you what you need, what you should have. And it's never supposed to be that way. And what we need to do is speak to that soul. Never mind beating ourselves up. That's never a godly thing to do. But if you recognize that that's your soul crying out, then you can say, "Shh, shh, Shh, David said, Be still, my soul. Why are you so? discouraged within me hope in god that was david speaking to his soul and then we see we see in psalm 131 where it says my and i have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child on his mother's breast you see your soul no 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 yeah i know we'll get back to that but not now you're not leading the show so we've got to know the difference don't we between our spirit and our soul. And we need a Christianity again that brings the ark back into the middle of the the people of God. And it's not just our programs, and it's not just our, uh, our, our minds figuring things out and coming up with, I mean, listen, if we really took a poll, of course, not your churches and not our church, but if you took a poll of other churches, people are bored out of their minds. People are bored. It's like, do you know what your spirit is craving for, and what mine is? We are craving to touch God. We can't live without touching God. We need to touch Him again. We need to expect that this is the. We need to know that this is what we. How do I put it? That just comes with the, comes with the territory. This is part of our inheritance. We are supposed to be having, Megan said this morning, encounters after encounters and epiphanies and touching God and hearing from Him and being, and, and touching and having Him talk, speak to me and, and give me revelation. And because most of us, really, that's not true for most of us. For long periods of time, we're dull and we still hang on to some, we hang on to some, what we knew at some time. But I want to tell you, you're here this morning because God is saying to us this morning, it's not to be that way. He's ready to change all that, and we've got to understand and know that thi- that God, this is not godly to sit down under this. This is not godly to think. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to do go through my duties, and I'm going to just you know, I, you know, I, I'm on this. I do this for the church, and I I do that, and then I help these people, and I hope God is. And God's like, really, really? You know what happened to me when I was there at one point in my life? I became the most depressed and unhappy elder sister you ever met. You know? Really, God? I mean, all these things I do for you? Really? And then you do that for her? I mean, do you know where she came from, that girl, and you're blessing her? Come on, don't look so self-righteous and spiritual. You know what I'm talking about. And I went through a really bad time with God. I said some bad things to him. And one day, one day, and this is a total bunny trail, but if you know me long enough, you know me long enough now, I do bunny trails, so. so... And the Lord said to me, when I went to the Lord and said, I'm just so tired of not being appreciated. I'm so tired of trying so hard. I'm just so weary. And the Lord Lord said, you're not really mad at me. You're really mad at your parents. This goes back a long way. And that was the beginning of a big freedom in my life. But if I didn't have God speak to me that day, and tell me I was seeing things wrong because I kept repenting. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry I said that. I know. I should be just happy that I'm serving you. I know. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I repent. I did that. Fact. I did that three months. Lord, and You know what, God? I don't get this. Three months. I'm telling you I'm sorry. And I don't feel any lighter uh, over it. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to go there again. I'm kind of getting mad again now. And the Lord's like, um, Linda, mm mm-hmm you know what I was doing when you were mad at me and you were telling me all those things? I went, no, what were you doing? And the Lord said, I was doing this. Because you were coming into real truth in your life. You were coming, you were getting rid of the facade, the religious facade you had. And when you came and realized what the real issue was in your life, it was the beginning of real freedom. For me. So let me tell you one other thing that'll make you... This necklace is ach- choking me to death. <laughs> it's pretty though, right? It was so cheap. I don't know where I got it. With the neck, with the bracelet? I, it was so cheap. I remember that, but I... Actually, I think it was that store in the mall, the velvet, uh, what do you call it? Oh, yeah. Violets. That's just a paid, paid <laughs> announcement, whatever, commercial. Everybody's going to go to Violet. No, you don't like it that much, right? You're not going to Violet after you leave here. Um, Okay, so I have one other thing I want to tell you, which is another thing that will really keep you and me from really having the power of the Spirit in our lives. And it's this. You see, we keep asking God to do for us what he's already done for us. Because you see, on Calvary, he really did. He really did purchase. He purchased your freedom, spiritually, mentally, healing for your body. He purchased that with his own blood. Click, click, click. I know we don't see everybody healed. That's another issue. But that was paid for on the cross, and so then we go to God and we say, God, will you free me? Will you free me, God? And, and so then we try to get him to please him and try to do all the right things. God, will you free me from this addiction? I don't want anybody to know that I'm into this. God, will you, will you Lord, this, this anger problem I have, Lord, will you, will you free me from this God, I I just, I don't know, I've tried everything, I don't know what to, Lord, would you free me from from my critical tongue? I know, it's wrong, I gossip, I hate it. God, will you forgive me? Will you free me from this? And God would say to us, if we could hear him, ah, the point is, I already freed you from that. I already paid for your freedom. Ladies, There's one thing, there's a magic wand in the Christian life, and it's this. It's faith. You see, God did it for us, for our part now is to wave the wand of faith and say, Father, I believe. I believe that that old Linda went to the cross. It's not who I am anymore. That anxious girl... That anxious, now listen, I'm not saying we're not human. I'm not saying that we don't have our humanity, but you'll know the difference by the Spirit of God. But I want to tell you, if you're sitting back and say, God, I'm so anxious, I'm such a fearful person, I would say to you, you got it all backwards. No, you're not. That is the old self. That is not, listen, if Jesus died and took that old you to the cross and Father watched him Suffer and die on that cross so you could get set free. Do you think he's going to talk to it now? Do you think he's going to sit down and have a dialogue with it? He's like, excuse me? I don't know who you're talking about. I really prayed and wish we need to spend time here. I feel so inadequate being able to describe this and talk about it, because I'm probably in elementary school myself, but I'm telling you, you look at Romans 6, 7, and 8, and you will see in Romans 6, 11, it says that we were reckon yourself dead to sin. That's all the power of the enemy. And everything that you're, you want to talk about being anxious or uh, being into porn, I don't care, you name it, dead to sin, Anybody know what the next line is? But alive to God. Now, do you know what we do? We concentrate on the dead to sin. Dead to sin. It's my sin. I'm just struggling with the sin. And God's saying, that's not what you need to be concentrating on. I took care of that. What you need to do is say, today, I'm alive to you. Today don't, don't, you don't need to go back and try to fix her. She is unredeemable. Leave the girl alone. She's as dead as a doornail. And God's not going to, and so when we go to God and we complain and ask him to do things, he's like, I, really, I have no idea. What do you think he's going to do for the old, your old man, that old self? if he put it to death, what do you want him to do now? A lady called Leanne Payne, she had a little, thing, um, a little physical thing to do in one of her books that I used to do it. I think I want to bring it back into my life again. And this is how she described it. You see, when you were water baptized, and I hope most of you were, and if you weren't, I hope you do, because that is your betrothal. Your water baptism is your betrothal. It is such an important step in the Christian life. I don't believe you can really walk on with the Lord in any deep way unless you're really water baptized. I really do. It is the covenant. It's sealing the covenant. So now, when you went into the waters of baptism, what were we saying? We were saying, the old me that runs its own life, that is pushed around by the forces of the devil. Even though I didn't know it at the time, did you know it at the time? I didn't know all that fear and all that all that stuff and anxiety. All that I didn't know that was the devil's powers in my life. I didn't know the de- the bad stuff, the you know the, the gossip, and I I didn't know all that stuff was actually not just me. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Right? But when you get into the waters of baptism, what you're saying is. That old Linda, that old gal, doesn't exist anymore. Leanne Payne encourages you to kneel down and take your place in your co-death with Christ. Maybe you're struggling with something. You're filled with fear. Could be anything. Get on. Try this. Try it with faith. Lord, I'm I'm kneeling down right now and taking my place. In your cross, as one who's dead to sin, and then take your place in his resurrection and say, But I'm alive in your resurrection. And now it's you that live through me. And now I am free. And now I'm free to have peace. Don't, Don't fight the fear and the anxiety. Accept the peace. Don't concentrate on what he already took care of in the cross. And I know some of you are like straining. Don't worry about it. This takes revelation. At least I want, I had one goal that some people in here would get hungry and know that it's biblical and say, I'm not living without it anymore. God, I need a revelation that I died in you, and I am raised in you, and I am seated with you in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. You see, if we don't do it the biblical way, if we don't do it the way God has had the plan and path God has laid out for us, no wonder we're frustrated with God and he's not doing what we think he's supposed to do. And he wants to say to us, I already took care of that. Sisters, it's grace. Grace, grace, what you, in this Christian life, I know you place yourself in a place for God to get to you, but think back in your life for One minute. How would you get where you are now? Was there not, a, was there not, a, was there not a, a power that's been ruling over your life, moving you all of your life? Think about it. And, and tell me something. What, what did you do that was so great? What would you do? What would you do? Right? What? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, we, we can give them our... We, we set our heart, and we, we did. We set our heart on Christ, and we can set our heart on things... But so much is out of our bloomin' control, and grace is the bottom line, and grace is the answer. How long have I been talking? Yes, how long have I been talking? Because I've only just got started, and I wondered. (laughs) That was the preview. I was just wondering if you were. (laughs) You think I'm kidding. That's why you're laughing. Yes good idea, so we should do it now, soon. I don't know when she became the mother and I became the daughter, but she bosses me around all the time. I'm getting pretty sick and tired of it, too. Ay All right, all right. You know what that means? Shut up, Mom. Very nicely. No, no, no. Very nicely. I say it with the utmost respect, Mom. This is what I want from you. I mean, there's so much I wanted to say this morning, which is pretty funny since I had nothing all night and called Joanne to pray for me because I was a basket case. But anyway, we'll move on from that. This is what I really want. I want to ask you, if you're with me and some of the gals, you know, Joanne, Dana, you know, um, Karen, Elaine, Meg, Meg, Jen, I'm scared to that to leave one of you out now that I'm going to hurt somebody's families, but you know what I mean. But we're feeling that God wants to move, as I said earlier, with women. I'd like this to be the first meeting. I'd like us to plan to do these meetings more. How many of you would like to see that happen? Would you like to see that happen? We can move churches. You know, we can go from church. We can even move churches if we want. I mean, but we need... The hour demands, listen, your children and our grandchildren demand that we get a hold of God and come out of our dullness, come out of our passivity, and together as that band of women that Jen talked about earlier, that we put our arms together with one another, and we link our arms, and we go to God, and we say, God, you know what? This is our inheritance. These kids are our inheritance. These grandkids are our inheritance. Satan, you get your hands off of them. I want to tell you, I believe that if we will do that and link our arms with one another, there's no end to what God will do with us. I, did anybody else, would you say, I, I've been feeling that too? Amen. 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 Well, I hate to leave here, but mom said I need to. So... So this is what we're gonna ask we're gonna have some more music and I don't know what it is oh there's so much I really wanted to get in the Song of Solomon with you do you I want to give you a present read the Song of Solomon passion translation the passion translation because it tells a love story which I really wanted to tell It tells a love story between the king and the Shulamite. And it's your love story. It's your love story. It's my love story. It's the love story of the bride. It's the love story of the bride. And at this hour, the king is coming again. The king is at the door. And he's coming for what? he's coming for his bride and the bride has made herself ready let's do it girls let's do it let's rise up and say yes Lord, look down in Middle Island and Gordon Heights and Ridge and Coram and do it again, God, do it again, God, do it again, God, do it again. We need you. Pour out your spirit, Father. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Our kids need you. Our grandkids need you. We need you. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you if there's something really, really, really on the top of the heap for you in your life that you've really been battling with. And and maybe this spoke to you that God's already done it. I hope it has spoken to you. Because I have to slap myself around sometimes and remind myself, what are you doing? God's already taken care of that. Well, if that's you today, we're gonna ask you to, our singers are gonna come up. Oh, you could just do all those songs again. I loved every one of them. And I'm gonna ask you to come up and kneel down at this altar as your act of declaring that you have died in Christ. This thing has lost its power over you. Calvary through the cross of Jesus Christ. And so I love it. I love it. You just come on up here, ladies, and we're going to do some worship. And then some of us are going to come around and we are going to, by faith, we're going to lay hands on you. And by faith, we're going to see chains broken off of us today because God told us he wants to do that. Amen. So you come up and make yourself, come up to God, come up to God, come up to God. And we're going to pray for you. Just worship him now. Just worship him all over this room. Whether you come up here or not, just worship him because he called us together this morning, and he knows your heart, and he's seen your tears. He's seen your tears, and he says, "I." He says, "Now, I've been listening to you. Now, listen to me." Let's. Is there some more room? Okay. Okay. We'll just. You want to? She want to come? Sure. Absolutely. Help yourself. God says now I want you to hear me I've been listening to your prayers but now I want you to listen to me because he has the words of encouragement for us he's got words that will strengthen us his word has power his word has power amen amen now as you come to this altar let me just if you've ever heard of A.B. Simpson it's one of my heroes He was a blood revival in New York City. Amazing man of God, and I wish I could, I wish I could read to you, but I'm maybe going to make it, I think I'm going to make it available to you what he said. So you take your place as crucified with Christ. You take your place as one that's dead with him. And then suddenly all thoughts and evil tendencies reappear and they say to you we're not dead we're alive and he says what do we do and ab simpson goes on to say this he says you know it's a very real power in spiritualism that they people can conjure up they say they're conjuring up uh, your father your grandfather and he wants to come and speak to you and and satan has the ability to paint on the on the waves of the air, a picture. He can even re- replicate a voice. But that's no—that was not your grandfather. That was a lie from hell. It was a phantom that Satan created. You getting it? So after I take my place and I kneel down and I take my place in the cross, Lord, I am crucified to this thing. And, when I, and I thank you that that victory, you paid the price for me to have, you paid the price for this. And when you get up, and you get up in your resurrection life, that's going to happen to you. The devil's going to come and tell you you're not dead. You know, you tell a young girl that she's not pure for a circumstance in her life, and she'll see herself as tainted and stained. And she'll think about herself that way. And Satan does that to us, doesn't he? That's what he does to us. And he paints pictures. And he tells you this is who you are. Now, I just want to say, it isn't you. It, Whatever it sounds like or looks like, you just have to stand in your victory and wave your wand of faith and say, oh, sitting on the hill told me this was going to happen. But you know what? I just found out you're not real. You're a lie. Because I believe that God is true and you're a liar. And I am daring us to try God on His Word. I am challenging us to start to believe and stand on the Word of God. And stand on the Word of God for what God has done. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. Okay, Lord, Lord, I just want to thank You right now. And girls, I want you to start touching. Put Lay your hands on every single lady that's up here. Father, in the Name of Jesus, we break chains right now. Right now, in the Name of Jesus, we break chains. Spirit, soul, and body right now. Addictions addictions of all kinds Father, eating, porn it doesn't matter what a sexual addiction to any Lord, we just break the chains right now we just declare that they was, that we were set free at Calvary thank you Lord for victory and freedom for every single single one of us in this room we are already free if the Son has set you free yes. you are free indeed I loose you. I loose you from the lies of the devil. I say you're already free. My sister, you're free. My sister, you're free. You're free, my sister. You're free. You're free. You're already free in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.